This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. So it just seemed like a good place to start. And then after that, it's, you know, how it works, how to install, how to maintain, how to troubleshoot. Um, and, you know, there's, there's countless topics. I mean, on a weekly basis, I have a little uh, note section in my iPhone where I add uh, new ideas for video topics. I've done reviews, I've done comparisons. That's Gary the Water Guy, one of the guests on WQA Radio during 2023. And welcome to our WQA Radio podcast, the weekly podcast of the Water Quality Association, where we promote better water quality around the world. If you're a first-time listener or new to the industry, welcome. We're glad you're here. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a show. That's the magic of podcasting. Also, we now feature these podcasts on YouTube. Just go to our YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com slash at Water Quality Association videos. And in this episode, we are looking back in what we call Rewind 2023 highlights from the past year. This is part two, and you will hear from WQA Chief Operating Officer Tom Bersma as he talks from the stage at the WQA convention and exposition in April about the WQA Consumer Opinion Study. Next, we feature a portion of our conversation with WQA Chief Legal Officer Mike Sennett talking about the WQA Code of Ethics. Then we have WQA Chief Executive Officer Paulie Undusser's testimony in Washington before a Senate subcommittee about the Healthy H2O Act. And finally, we include part of an interview with Gary the Water Guy, a WQA member who has become somewhat of a celebrity on YouTube. First up, WQA Chief Operating Officer Tom Bursma on WQA Radio. So I want to get us started by sharing with you the first public release of our 2023 Consumer Opinion Study. I think many of you know we do this study every two years, and we now have two decades of consumer trends which are extremely important for our industry. First, this year's survey found that consumers seem to be far more concerned in general about their water supply, focus on supply, compared to all past studies. This year, 34% were very concerned compared to 23% in 2021, with an additional 24% were concerned compared to only 15% in 2021. When it comes to perceptions of household tap water, so different than supply, focusing on tap water, this year almost 60% of households think their tap water is safe versus 57% in 2021. However, 20% still thought their tap water is not as safe as it should be versus only 15% in 2021. We continue to see more consumers who have a water filtration system, apart from a refrigerator filter, in their homes. This year, almost half of households reported having a water filtration system, whereas in 2021, only 40% had one. Bottled water usage, which had been slipping in previous studies, remained similar in 2021, with seven in, 20, seven in 10 households purchasing bottled water. 
Almost half did so because of taste and the other primary driver was convenience. Finally, lack of knowledge and cost concerns are two of the major deterrents among those who currently do not have a water treatment product. Overall, two-thirds said they would consider installing a water treatment product if they undertake a major home improvement. And that was WQA Chief Operating Officer Tom Burzma at the 2023 WQA Convention and Exposition talking about the Consumer Opinion Study. Next, WQA's Chief Legal Officer Mike Sennett on the importance of the Code of Ethics. And Mike, we wanted to talk about ethics in this program, and we have you on because you're uh, one of the principal figures involved in a, a new task force at WQA that's been talking about ethics, and, uh, developing a communications program around ethics and trying to get WQA members more aware of our WQA code of ethics. And maybe just to start with, why are we making a stronger emphasis these days about that? You know, Wes, I, I would say the core of all of this really began several years back with um, Chris Wilker as president, who determined and, and really identified our ethics mission as much more health effects concentrated. Uh, you know, historically, uh, it was making certain that our tasks uh, were all designed to protect consumers through good information, no unfair competition. Uh, no uh, scams, et cetera, in the whole selling and marketing process. But we were really, our technologies were principally sold on their aesthetics um, effects. But was, as health effects came forward, lead and arsenic first, which are you know very persistent even to this day. And then more recently, the emphasis on PFAS and its various forms. And that is much more complicated. It's much more complicated for consumers. It's actually much more complicated for our members. So ethics in this whole ethics communications task force has been driven uh, with all of that in mind. Let's find a way to make sure that our industry is extremely well educated in all the advances that have been made in the technologies addressing some pretty dangerous uh, toxins out there. Well, maybe you could address some of the misconceptions surrounding ethics, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. I think, you know, among the misconceptions that we've, you know, that we've worked on is that this really only applies to those that are uh, you know, the so-called scammers, those that are out there not addressing consumers fairly and directly, uh, that it's, it's something that, um, that's designed uh, to uh, simply to address that. People don't want to be over-regulated uh, within the industry. And so maybe with some ethics out there, it could be, uh, it could be helpful in there. But otherwise, the industry doesn't need on a day-to-day -day basis to pay attention to ethics. And that that's really a misnomer today. We, we are very concentrated in our communications and making sure that everyone is committed to it. Right, right. And then I think it also is important to try to underscore the benefits of what a strong code of ethics is all about. What does it mean uh, ultimately to the member and, and really ultimately to the consumer as well? 
Well, I think first and foremost, uh, as with any marketing, as with any sales effort for complicated technologies, um, you know, whether it's in the medical field or um, in, in ours, which has a lot of similarities from a distribution and selling standpoint, it's important that you concentrate on educating consumers so that they know what it is they're purchasing and they're well-informed. Uh, it's very helpful with regulators um, and making sure that the regulators understand um, what our technologies are capable of and in uh, ethics will drive that because it's gonna it's going to it's going to emphasize fairness, uh, candor, and accuracy in all that we say. And and you know between consumers and regulators and then finally the industry members themselves in their various channels. Um, you know, everything from going through uh, our, our various dealer networks down to consumers to some, uh, you know, some industrial uses are key uh, and other healthcare uses um, that we've always had within the industry. All of this is really at the heart of it. And ethics today more than ever requires deep education within the industry and, and knowledge of areas that, you know, candidly, many aren't trained in. And so, that's, you know, that that's at the heart of what we're at, what we're all about from a communication standpoint. WQA's chief legal officer, Mike Sennett. One of the big events for WQA in 2023 was having Chief Executive Officer Polly Undusser testify in Washington before a Senate subcommittee about the Healthy H2O Act, one of the major initiatives WQA has supported in Washington. Here's her testimony. Thank you, Chairman Welch and Ranking Member Tuberville and all of the members on the subcommittee. Thank you for inviting me to testify and be a synergistic resource as you're working through your leadership on modernizing community rural water systems. My name is Polly Undesser and I'm honored to be here and address the subcommittee as the CEO of the Water Quality Association and the Water Quality Research Foundation. WQA is a not-for-profit association that amplifies and unites a voice of over 2,500 member companies, mostly headquartered on U.S. soil, and employ hundreds of thousands of workers. For over 75 years, our members have manufactured, distributed, and installed water quality improvement solutions in homes and in businesses. WQA upholds ethics and integrity while serving as an educator for water treatment professionals, a certifier for water treatment products, and an information source for the public. The Water Quality Research Foundation is the industry's not-for-profit data-generating powerhouse that advances the mission of water quality by sponsoring peer-reviewed academic research. Modernizing water systems, whether public, private, or otherwise, is critical for millions of Americans across the United States facing drinking water contamination from various sources, including lead, arsenic, nitrates, PFAS, and others. I applaud the federal government's recent efforts to combat these concerns and ensure safer drinking water for all Americans. Congress, through the leadership of this subcommittee, should continue these efforts in the 2023 Farm Bill to ensure that rural communities are not left behind. Congress, EPA, and the CDC have all recognized that point of use and point of technologies are effective solutions. 
Most options treating water closest to the point of consumption can be installed faster than centralized treatment systems, meaning people are protected sooner. More specifically, those living in rural communities served by private wells, like me and my family for the past 20 years, in-home solutions are coveted as the proven solution to improve water quality. USDA Rural Development Suite of Water and Environmental Programs has been incredibly <laughs> successful in improving the safety of rural communities drinking water, but more needs to be done. More to educate residents in their water quality and more to make funding available under current programs. By creating new program offerings, USDA can provide flexibility for these communities to leverage proven solutions. WQA strongly encourages the sub subcommittee to prioritize the implementation of point of use and point of entry solutions as a key tool for modernizing rural water systems. WQA is particularly supportive of S806, which is known as the Healthy H2O Act, and urges the subcommittee to include this essential legislation within the 2023 Farm Bill. This bipartisan, bicameral legislation would provide grants to low and moderate income households and licensed child care facilities in rural communities to conduct water quality testing and to fund the purchase, installation, and maintenance of water treatment solutions. These treatment solutions would be required to meet national performance standards for any contaminants identified during testing and installed service maintained by qualified professionals. The Healthy H2O Act already has the support of many members, both from the House and Senate Agriculture Committees, and we anticipate all subcommittee members will be eager to join supporting this bipartisan, <coughs> common-sense solution. Availability of high-quality drinking water is a cornerstone for fortifying prosperous communities. It is of critical importance for rural communities to be afforded the same opportunity to enhance their quality of life through reliable and affordable access to quality drinking water equal to their urban and suburban counterparts. Technologies installed closest to the point of consumption are crucial components in this effort. I thank the subcommittee for your time, attention, and thoughtful review of including the Healthy H2O Act in the 2023 Farm Bill. I am a subject matter expert for the betterment of water quality, and I'm available as a resource in your leadership for modernizing rural water systems. Thank you. WQA Chief Executive Officer Paulie Undusser testifying in Washington. And finally, we conclude Rewind 2023 with Gary the Water Guy, using video to explain water treatment. Tell us how you got started making these YouTube videos and starting your own YouTube channel. Well, you know, I was looking uh, like so many folks are that are self-employed in business, looking for ways how to promote our business. And, uh, and about 12, 13 years ago, I kind of, uh, I found somebody online that, that had, was sharing how a different um, social medias worked, uh, you know, everything from LinkedIn to Twitter to Facebook, and uh, YouTube was one of them. And they kind of did, uh, they sort of interviewed an expert on each one of those areas. And, um, and I kind of looked at it and I thought that YouTube made a lot of sense for the water filtration industry. And especially for what I'm seeing is that a lot of folks don't understand water filtration. They don't, you know, the average family might have difficulty, 
envisioning or, or having some appreciation for what do you, what's the difference between a reverse osmosis system and a water softener. So I thought it was a great way to kind of explain it to people. And I thought it was a great way that I could show it, demonstrate it. And uh, long term, I thought it was also going to be a great way that I could uh, teach people how to do their own maintenance, how to do their own installations, how to troubleshoot. And uh, I thought it was just a great communication uh, media. And what have you found as you have proceeded through the last several years doing this? I, I take it you've been doing more and more of these videos. Can you give us an idea of how many and what kinds of things you talk about? Yeah, so there's 450 videos to date. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, there's a lot of them, that's for sure. And um, uh, generally I, I release a new one every single week. And uh, so it all started, like my very first video was how does a water softener work? Because that seemed to be what customers were asking me the most about and seemed to be the most confused about. And quite frankly, before I got into the water filtration industry, I didn't know how a water softener worked, even though I'd had one in my homes for almost 20 years. So it just seemed like a good place to start. And then after that, it's you know how it works, how to install, how to maintain, how to troubleshoot. Um, and you know, there's there's countless topics. I mean, on a weekly basis, I have a little uh, note section in my iPhone where I add uh, new ideas for video topics. I've done reviews. I've done comparisons. I've done. Um, not too long ago, I did one on uh, comparing, uh, I think, 17 different uh, bottled, bottled water uh, types and qualities and trying to explain the difference between spring water and reverse osmosis and distilled water. So uh, it's limitless. Well, I mentioned you're a WQA member and you are a dealer with your own business, correct? Yeah, so I, I'm located 100 miles north of Toronto. It's kind of the cottage country. Uh, where the folks from Toronto have their cottages. It's a very small area. Our population is about 18,000 people, pretty much zero population growth in 20 years. Um, and uh, so that, that's where it started um, to get uh, that going. I also have a couple e-commerce stores. I have a Canadian e-commerce store and a U.S. e-commerce store, and we also sell on Amazon. Well, I think I mentioned at the, uh, at the outset, Gary, that you do talk about the value of a certified professional dealing with water treatment and water treatment solutions. Talk about what you do to, to emphasize and underscore that point when you're visiting with customers and when you're also obviously uh, uh, you know, uh, on your YouTube videos. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, when I present my business card when I'm on site uh, at a family's home and uh, it's quite often I'm asked, what do those letters after your name mean? The CWS, the CI, you know, and it's a good opportunity for me to speak about being a certified water specialist, the process that I go through that, you know, every three years I have to uh, get uh, so many points to be able to maintain that status um, about uh, the courses that I took about um, the, the water quality conventions that I attended. And uh, years ago, I remember writing uh, the exam at the convention many years ago and, uh, and sitting in and all the seminars. And I talk about the seminars that I attended this year. And uh, I don't know how many seminars I've attended over all the other um, conventions over the years. But the consumers seem to be really, really impressed by that. You know, you're not just some guy that was selling used cars a year ago and next year is going to be selling appliances. You know, that, that they feel that you've made a real commitment to um, understanding water filtration. And, uh, and once you show your listening skills, 
um, to, to the family, you're, you're listening to what the concerns them, they feel pretty confident that uh, the recommendations you're going to make are, are really going to go a long way towards solving their concern about their water. Gary the Water Guy, wrapping up part two of Rewind 2023. Highlights from our weekly podcasts from the Water Quality Association. As we close out the year, thank you for being a WQA radio podcast listener or viewer. And we appreciate your commitment to the Water Quality Association and the water treatment industry. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, do so now. It's a good time to do that. And if you're not part of the WQA family or community, by being a WQA member, we'd love to have you join. Go to wqa.org membership to learn more and get signed up. This is Wes Bleed. Thanks again and Happy New Year from the Water Quality Association.